0: Good morning High Desert Word Center. How's everybody this morning? Amen. Let's go ahead and make our way in. I know we got people dropping off kids and everything. So we got a wonderful morning ahead of us. Who's so excited that it is fall time everybody? Come on. Yes. The second most wonderful time of the year. It's got to be in the top two. So praise the Lord. Winter being the first. Keep that in mind, okay? All right, so praise the Lord. We are going to have an awesome service today. Lots and lots of stuff going on. The spaghetti lunch is after service for everybody that's going to take part in that. So we're going to have a fun day here at church today. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up this morning. We are going to open up uh, just like we always do by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. And we're going to see America come to Jesus. Who believes that this morning? We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, give the Lord some praise today, yeah. Well, we're going to take a few minutes here and go around and shake some hands, give some hugs, some fist bumps, whatever it is you're comfortable with, but we want to make sure everybody gets a little love today. Amen. Let's go.
1: Shout your name and you coming, give you praise and you're coming, sing a song and you're coming, make a dance and you're coming, shout your name and you're coming, give you praise. You have come, the praises of your people, you have the praises of your people. You have been the praises of your people Our grace becomes your house, your face Our grace becomes your house, your face We sing a song in your garden, make a taste in your garden, set your head in your garden, give you praise in your garden, sing a song in your garden, make a taste in your garden, set your head in your garden, give you praise, you and the praises so. of your feet. People. You
2: the of your people. we sing a song.
1: The praises, of your, you inhabit you inhabit the praises the of your people. You inhabit the praises of your people. You inhabit the praises of your people. <laughs> oh, you inhabit the praises of your people. are praise. This becomes your your Welcome
3: morning and welcome to church. You can be seated. If you are with us for the very first time or the first time in a long time, can you wave at me? Wave at me. I want to bless you with something. Hi Glenn. Okay, I think it's mostly just everyone with us today. I love you. I'm so glad that you're with us today. If it is your first time with us, if you raise your hand, Miss Melissa over here uh, would like to give you some information about the church, and there's a little card in there. If you would drop it at the information booth on your way out, uh, we have a gift that we would like to give to you. Today is the Harvest Best Spaghetti Dinner. Yes, we have lunch for you. So if you have your ticket or you have already prepaid, you're good to go. If you would like to purchase some, you can do that at the door as well. Casey Browning, ma'am, do you want to come give instructions on what the traffic flow is for today? I'm not sure where people are going. We switched it up this morning.
0: Good morning, everyone. Hi. Sorry, I'm running a little ragged this morning. If you
3: could please, it's not in victory anymore. It's in the main kitchen. So if you want to go out this door, come to the side door, go in, and then there's going to be another
4: door open. The roll-up door is that? Roll-up window is going
0: to
1: be open. We're going to hand you your spaghetti, and then you could go out the other door and come out.
3: So So you can. Drive to this back parking lot. That may make things a little easier for you if you drive to the back parking lot after service. And then you can park and and walk through the sidewalk. Um, Today, also, they still have donut signups going on if you would like to order some Krispy Kreme donuts. And I'll tell you this. I spent one year not ordering Krispy Kreme. And then that morning, you have serious regrets because of the whole sanctuary smelling like Krispy Kreme. So I'm just letting you know. It's coming. If you haven't already ordered, order some donuts. Um, We have two sign-up sheets that I need to go around, dear sweet ushers, gray-shirted gentlemen. Um, The one that Joel has over here is a hot dog and lemonade sign-up sheet. Are you coming again? And the other one that Joel has (laughs) is uh, the cakewalk sign-up sheet. Um, So on this side, hot dogs and lemonade. Um, your donations are what we give out for free at Harvest Fest. That way, if you come and you can't afford to purchase food from the vendors or what have you, that this is a completely free event that you can bring your kids to, feed them, have a great time. And it doesn't look any different than every other family. So it's a nice opportunity for those in our community who just need the love of God to come and have a love playing field with everybody and get the love of God and all that they need to bless their children. So that's what Harvest Fest is about, and the cake walk uh, is in memory of and honor of Philip and Debbie Gomez, and so that's really special to us. They were our children's directors for years and years. They're with Jesus in heaven now, but we really love to do that because they served at that every year for decades, and it's really fun to get to... Watch adults shoving each other around (laughs) as they try to win a cake. Um, And so it's basically musical chairs for cakes. And what we need you to do so that there's enough is when you buy a cake mix that's for a 13 by 9 cake, like a sheet cake, I need you to make it in two. So go to the Dollar Tree and get the square pans or the little round pans and make two cakes instead of one. Okay. So the more cakes, the more goodies, the better, but don't do it in tiny amounts. I don't need like one cookie per bag, but like six in a bag would be cool instead of a dozen. Or if you're just going to bake a lot of things, we'll take them. Okay. So if you sign up there, what we'll do is we'll contact you also for the hot dogs and lemonade. We'll contact you via text uh, at the phone number you provided. And we'll make sure to give you reminders and when to drop off and all of that good information. Family. Tuesday h street picnic at the park Mm -hmm. okay you don't have to sign up you don't have to bring anything to share although kids are probably going to touch the stuff sharing is caring anyway you bring your food and your picnic blanket and your chairs and we're all going to meet up with you at h street park and hang out together 5 p.m h street park this tuesday not yes columbus day's monday tuesday's family picnic yes okay see you there uh women's meeting is Friday, okay? We've got food all week long, so it's spaghetti today, and then whatever your picnic food is on Tuesday, Friday night, ladies, is Mexican food. Don't forget your desserts. 6.30 p.m., Victory Hall behind us. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful time, and I can pretty much promise you it'll go a little shorter than the last time, okay? Last time was a little long, but we had a great time. This time will be a little bit shorter. Uh, we also are paying off the mortgage, hallelujah, yeah. Yes, that's a really big deal, really big deal, and only by the grace of God and Miss peace faith. okay? So she's been praying that in for a long time. Um, information that you don't necessarily need to know, but here it comes anyway. okay? So last Tuesday was supposed to be our closing, but we allowed them to delay it because the guy who's buying the property we're selling is also selling a property. And the person buying his property is a disabled veteran. And it's going slowly for them. So instead of being like, no, we're going to pay off our mortgage. We were like, yeah, it's good. As long as we can still pay off the mortgage. So we're just being patient and enduring. And the Lord will take care of the rest. So we think that the 18th is our actual closing date. Hallelujah. And we believe that we are going to be able to have a mortgage-burning party, along with our Harvest Fest thank you party on the 30th. Okay, so be planning for October 30th, that's a Sunday, in the evening to come here and have a cookout with us, okay? So Sunday night, October 30th, we're planning on it, and you should be praying that closing goes quicker, okay? Yeah? Okay. And we are going to do something really, really cool this year. We send a lot of money to missions, and we do missions trips. But a lot of times we forget as a whole to put our hand to something. And so we have an opportunity this year to put our hand to something all together as a church family. And I'm really excited about it. Miss P is going to talk to us about that. And we've got a video as well. (laughs) All right.
4: So Billy Graham started Samaritan's Purse a long time ago when he was still alive. And his son, Franklin Graham, does this. So when you leave today, I only ordered 50 of these shoe boxes on the table back there by the bookstore. If you would like to, your family or maybe your children, whatever, to take one of those Samaritan Purse boxes. It's a shoe box. And then um, it tells you what to put in there. And they give you a little tag that you can decide whether you want your box to go to a boy or a girl, and there's different age levels, and it tells you what to do. thing of it is, these boxes have to be back here, I think it's November the 14th. So you can't dilly-dally around with them. And there's also a, a sheet in there. If you fill that sheet out, it tells a little bit about you. Hi, my name is Joe, and I live in La La La, whatever. And if you want to become a a, a, a pet pen pal with somebody, then you can write your name and address on that, too. So it's a really cool thing. And let's see what else I was going to say about doo doo do, doo do, doo doo. Oh, like some, they go everywhere. These boxes go everywhere. Some of them will probably end up in Ukraine. So, I mean, they go all over the world. the United States and the world. So, you know, it's a fun thing to do, especially with, you know, you got little kids, young people in your family. You know, maybe they could do their own box or do one as a family. Okay?
0: And so we have a video we're going to play that explains a little bit if you're not familiar with Operation Christmas Child. And again, like she just said, Billy Graham started this, and now his son Franklin Graham uh, keeps it going with the, uh, uh, the organization Samaritan's Purse. And it is a super cool thing to bless little kids with Christmas presents that they wouldn't be getting one if it weren't for this. So let's go ahead, and we will watch this one-minute video to kind of give you a little idea of what it is that you can help be a part of, all right?
1: When those lids come off those boxes, you've never seen
4: such pure joy.
0: This is amazing, as you
1: can see
2: the children's faces, they are excited as they open up the gifts for the first time.
0: What makes the gifts more than just gifts is the message that comes with the gift.
5: This is the opportunity for a child to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. The mission of Operation Christmas Child never changes. Children are coming to Jesus, and children are taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. Millions of children around the world are being impacted by these simple shoebox gifts. One box can touch not just the child, but the whole family. So we need to keep packing those boxes and pray for the children that God will use this in a very special way. So thank you for being a part of it. God bless you. All right, very
0: good. So that's what Operation Christmas Child is. Again, after the service, if you could help out with that, just see the back table there and they'll get you a box and in the information. And just for a little bit of your investment, you could super, super bless a family and a child somewhere. Amen. All right. Who knows what time it is now? Yeah, it is happy time. Amen. And you're like, well, what's that all about? Hey, God loves a cheerful giver. So we get cheerful when we get a chance to be givers. Amen. Pastor's going to do our Sunday morning tithes and offerings.
5: Okay. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Jesus, is Lord. Jesus is Lord over the United States of America, States of America. over Barstow California. Oh, Barstow, California, over all of California. Oh, that includes my family. And my church. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, if you need an envelope for your tithes, for your offerings, then raise your hand. And I'm, I'm going to build your faith in just a little bit, take a couple minutes for this. I want you to look at Mark chapter 16. I'm going to move quick. I'm going to look at three different passages because you need to see some things to show your faith up. Uh, when, when we're paying tithes, tithes to Jesus. And we're giving money into the church offering. We got to realize how serious this is with God, but also the benefits it is for you. You know, I think about gas prices, think about food prices. How can you not think about them? They're real. They're hitting at us, but we're not just, we're not, we're not just regular ordinary people. We're supernatural, born again, children of God, with the Holy Spirit in us, being led by the Spirit of God, have the word of God to lead and direct us and to bless us and I know that when I was, when I was a new Christian and started going to church all they did is took up offerings and things and everybody didn't talk about what was going on and so to me I just thought about well the Jerry Lewis uh, telethon was on once a year if you gave something to Jerry Lewis telethon man I did my good deed for the year and so I thought man these guys are doing that every, every week I, I wonder what the deal is but anyway I want to show you what the deal is it's not just something we do It's something that we live by. It's something that we not survive by, but we thrive by in in our everyday life. And so Mark 16, verse 19 and 20, I want to give you a chance to look at this. Because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And you need to have faith to not only put gas in your car or your truck every time you need it, but to put groceries in your house too every time you need it. And do the other things you need in life. And so Mark 16 verse 19 and 20. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them to his disciples, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. So where's Jesus at right now? Sitting on the right hand of God. He's not just sitting there twiddling his thumbs. He's doing something for you and for me now. And so then it says, Jesus was in heaven at the right hand of God and they went forth and preached everywhere the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following Well, wait a minute. I thought he was seated at the right hand of God. But he says he's working with them. Well, when Jesus went to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit down to earth. And then the Gospel of John, he says the Holy Spirit is here to represent Jesus in his behalf. And so the Holy Spirit in us is Jesus working in us. And what does He do? He confirms the Word. He works with us confirming the Word. And something that too many Christians don't understand, they think that Jesus is working for us. It doesn't say that. You know, Christians say goofy things like, Oh, Jesus, go heal him. Go touch him. And Jesus said, You lay hands on him. That's how they get healed. said, You pray for my name. That's how they get healed. He didn't say, You just pray that I'll go touch him. He said, No, I'm in heaven. I'm working with you. I'm not your servant working for you. Amen. I think I, I think I felt just a little bit of a religious spirit rise up. I've always prayed, oh, Jesus, just go touch him that I can sleep good now. Oh, well, moving right along. He said, they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them at confirming the word with signs following. And so what's Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever doing today? He's working with us. As we preach the Word, as you preach the Word, when you're sharing the gospel with somebody, you're preaching. You know, it may be a one-on-one or it may be a family you're preaching to, but you're preaching. And the Word of God that you share, Jesus says, I will back you up on it. That's what confirmed me. Now look at Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 8. I'll give you a chance to get there, because right now I'm not just teaching some Bible, because I like to teach the Bible. I love to teach the Bible, but I'm building your faith up i built your faith up, so if gasoline keeps going up, your faith will keep going up too. Amen. So, to, to, According to your faith, Jesus said, be it done unto you. So when it goes up and depression tries to hit, then you say, no, 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 i got the joy of the Lord, i got the word of God, I'm a tither, and Jesus is working on my behalf. And so it says he's at the right hand of the Father, but then verse 8 of Hebrews 7 says this, And here men that die receive tithes. Well, we're getting ready to receive tithes for Jesus in his behalf. We're here on earth. Receive tithes. But there, he receiveth them. Where's there? At the right hand of the Father. He receiveth them of whom it is witness that he liveth. And so spiritually, he's the one that receives your faith and tithing. That's your faith worker. That's your faith speaking to Jesus. And my wife and I, all of our Christian life, whether I was a truck driver or whatever I was doing in life for my income, preaching, whatever I got paid, the first thing we did, we still do checkbooks and stuff, and we still do the same thing. First thing we do, when I see my direct deposits made, my checkbook's right there, direct deposits made, I write out a check. HDWC, I write a tithe, I write tithe in the memo, put the amount in there, I sign it, my wife's right there with me, and then we look up to heaven, We say, Jesus, you're in heaven. Receive our tithe. We bring this to you, Jesus. We just want to thank you for receiving our tithe in faith. And then we bring the actual check to church. We put it in the offering because men that here live here need it. He doesn't need it in heaven. But he needs your faith in heaven so he can bless you. How does he bless you? Look at Malachi chapter 3. This is so simple. This is so simple. You have to be religiously brainwashed to blow it amen and so we see two things already before we get to malachi three number one jesus went up to heaven seated at the right hand of the father and then in heaven he receives our tithe and he confirms his word with signs following we always teach on tithing so he confirms the word on tithing matter of fact one of one, one, of, one of our men in the church and his family, a very, very wonderful family in the church, recently had to have some emergency plumbing work done, and the bill was going to be $2,000. And so the company did the plumbing, called him, called her actually, and uh, said, "said you know what, we're going to write that bill off. <laughs> Amen. And said, they're not even sure that the people that did that are church people or anything. But said, we're going to write that $2,000 bill off. You know what that is? When you see Malachi 3, you're going to see that was Jesus confirming the word. Malachi 3, verse 10. says, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. And so what that's talking about, is talking about the believers. Bring your tithes to church. And you know, if you're doing it online, that's fine. But when you come to church, be hooked up with the faith of what you've already done. And we're doing the Financial Faith Confession. If we come up the altar for our tithes and give them, you've already done it. Just come on up anyway. Be talking to Jesus God and say, Lord, you know I've already given my tithe to you. You have it, and I'm grateful for that. So it says, Bring ye all the tithes to the storehouse, that there may be meat. That's spiritual food. How many believe this is a good place for spiritual feed? Amen. You get fed here. Amen. That's that's cause that's cause the church and the pastors are taken care of because the tithe takes care of those things. He says that there may be meat in mine house. And they approve me now with, saith the Lord of hosts. That means Lord of battles. How many want Jesus to fight your battles? I do. And then it says, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, there shall not be room enough to receive it. And let me just tell you something. You know, I, uh, I, I just think about how dumb some people are. That's the best way to say it. I'm smart enough to know in my house, if it's hot, I can't look at my window and say, "Man, living under the open windows." If my window's closed, nothing's going to come in because the window's closed. How many, how many Christians read this verse right here? Don't see that. They say, "Oh Jesus, oh Jesus, open the windows," and He says, "Not up to me." He said, "You bring the tithe, and then I open." Somebody said, "I'm living under the open windows of heaven, but never ever pay a tithe to Jesus." He says, if I'll not open the windows, heaven, for a blessing. What that blessing means is not a one-time thing. I'm going to give you a good deal when you go to the grocery store today. You're going to get the deals. That means a lifetime of blessing. That means the anointing of God's on your life. That means when you get plumbing jobs done, sometimes the people will say, hey, you know what? Uh, we're just going to bless you with that $2,000. Just keep that. Somet- sometimes you go to buy something and somebody says, you know what? I was actually wanting $5,000 for that. But... Uh, I can tell you're a good person, and I'm going to let you have it for 3000 Or whatever it is. He says, that pour out that blessing upon you. Now look at this right here. This is what he's confirming. And I, Jesus, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. What that means is, your car gets messed up, you're going to get a good deal getting it fixed. Or according to your faith being done unto you, Jesus could even heal your car. Somebody said, well, I doubt that. Well, if you doubt it, do without it. He's healed my car plenty of times, but my car needed help. Amen. I got money now to pay for it, so most of the time now I have to pay for things, but back when I didn't have much money, I think it would go and go and go and go. A real quick, short testimony. When I came to California in 2005, we didn't have much money. I bought I bought I bought an old Buick for five hundred dollars in two thousand five with a rod knocking. I drove it for ten years. I had a mechanic in the church that's in heaven now, and uh, a couple of years before he died, I'd had the car at that time probably about eight or nine years. He said to me one day, Pastor, you know ever since you've had that car, that rod's been knocking, don't you? I said that yeah. I said. I have a tither, and i just believe for the goodness of God to work. And so I sold that car to another lady, told her about my car. She gave me $500 for it 10 years later. 12 years? Was it 12 years? 12 years later. And so what am I saying? I'm saying that we serve a supernatural Jesus. He confirms his word with signs following. And so he said right there, I will rebuke the devourer for you. You know what that's called? Confirming the word. What's the word we're talking about? Bring the tithe into the storehouse. Jesus at the right hand of the Father, receiving the tithe. Not just receiving the tithe, but looking down and saying, I see that McNeil family, they're faithful tithers, and the devil's trying to steal from them. I'm going to rebuke him for them. Is that good preaching? Amen. And then, to think about it, he says, Neither shall your vine cast her fruit for the time in the field, saith the Lord of battles, he was talking to, to, the, to, the, to the Hebrews that had orchards and had fields and things they grew. And so what he's saying is that your crops are going to produce. And nobody else does yours will. That's what he's saying to them. So I'm going to make sure that the plagues and the, and the insects don't take your crops out. And we're not going to have an early frost or too much heat. Your crops are going to make it, he said. And what that says to me in our life is that with all the different uncertainties in the jobs and the economy, God said, I'll make sure if that job goes down, I got another one for you right now. You walk right into it. And then here's what God wants out of it. All nations and nations are made up of people. All the people around you shall call you blessed. For you shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. And so we don't just tithe because it's a nice thing to do. We tithe because God tells us he wants us to, but then also we got benefits out of it. And uh, I was talking to somebody recently, and they told me, Pastor, I've been a tither all my Christian life for years, but I heard you teach the Bible. I never knew I had tithers' rights I was supposed to be speaking. And so just remember this. Not only do you bring your tithe through the storehouse, but when things try to crop up in your life, you start talking to them, start telling the devil he's rebuked, and say, Jesus, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for taking care of this bill. I want to thank you I've take care of this health thing. I want to thank you you will take care of these issues because that's the thief trying to steal from me, Lord. And I want to thank you for my tithers' rights that I'm under the open windows of heaven and I'm blessed. Amen? That's how this works. Well, let's stand up. Dylan must be in Children's Church. I just have one little squeaky little hallelujah somewhere out there. Can anybody say hallelujah? Amen. That, that, that was some good stuff you just got. Amen. Well, let's make our financial faith confession. We'll bring our tithes and offerings up here, and uh, we'll worship Jesus with them. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, rates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, death paid off, royalties received thank you Lord blessings increase too so I have more than enough to take good care of my family to the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, Amen
2: you're free to worship the Lord with us today you can join us at the altar or you can sing where you are if there's one thing I'm asking, one thing I'm needing, a moment that's passing is not what I'm seeking. I can see air and breathing, I want your presence, feet on the earth, a heart full of heaven, you. for you, completely consumes me, I can't, I can't get, get enough. I Can't get enough of you. The fire is burning right through me. I can't get enough. Can't get
1: enough of you, you.
2: Your spirit More than a feeling I don't need A reason To keep chasing who you are Like it's the air I'm breathing I want your presence feet on the earth A heart full of heaven Deal for you Completely consumes me I can't get enough Can't get enough of you to I Right through me. I can't get enough, can't get enough of you. You can't get enough of you. You can't get enough of you. you, enough of you. I sing every beat, every beat is yours. You can have it all, take over like only you can All I'm reaching for, you and nothing more Take over like only you can Every beat is yours, you can have it all Take over like only you can All I'm reaching for, you and nothing more Take over like only you can Like only you can A for you Completely consumes me I can't get enough Can't get enough of you Your fire is burning Right through me I can't get enough Can't get enough of you You Can't get of you, you can't get enough of you. One more time, let's sing every beat. Every beat is yours. You can have it all. Take over like only you can. All I'm reaching for you and nothing more. Take over like only you can. Every beat is yours You can have it all Take over like only you can All I'm reaching for You and nothing more Take over like only you can Like only you can Like only you can can. Still for you completely consumes me I can't get enough, can't get enough of you Your fire is burning right through me I can't get enough, can't get enough of you You can't get enough of you You can't get enough of you
1: Thank
0: is good isn't he this morning amen oh he's good to us hallelujah you know psalm 34 tells us to taste and see that the lord is good oh the joys of those who take refuge in him is there anybody here today that you have tasted and seen that the lord is good amen Hallelujah. There is joy when you take refuge in him. And I know uh, in our modern time, hey, whenever you taste something good, maybe you go to a new restaurant or whatever, you get a new uh, coffee drink, you taste it and it was good. So you tell everybody about it, man. You get online, you start sharing it, you start, hey, you've got to go there. You've got to taste this. It is so good. Well, I'm telling you, I have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And I want to tell everybody about that this morning. Amen. Like it, post it, share it, whatever. But you better know that God is good and every good thing you have comes from him you know that right there's no way that there's no way that i could get myself uh, the blessings that god's given me i'm not smart enough i'm not strong enough I, i i don't know any of that but i know that everything i have is because god has been way more good to me than i deserve and that's called the grace of god amen can we give jesus some praise today give him a shout of praise hallelujah the lord is good and His mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, you can make your way to your seats. Yeah, we're going to get into God's Word here uh, this morning. But why don't you uh, give somebody a nice high five or something like that. And uh, let them know that you're really, really glad that they're in church today. Amen. Amen. I'm glad you're in church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to get into the Word I'm real uh, pumped up and excited about. The the message today. Uh, if you get if you need an outline for the sermon to follow along with, raise your hand and the ushers will get you an outline that kind of help you make sense of what's going on here. All right, yeah, get a few of those going out. Praise the Lord. Well, we're gonna have to explain the title today because this is just a little bit different than what we would normally uh <laughs> have a title of a sermon be. But the title today is this. It is called. Rocktober. Rocktober. And you're like, what is that about? I thought I was at church. You're a, you're a church. Amen. There's just a lot that goes into this, and I've I got to explain this because it, it makes no sense, and I'm still standing here like, why would you call a sermon Rocktober? That makes no sense. But let's talk about this for a minute because, hey, it's got to be one of the strangest titles we've come up with, but here's uh, here's the, the back story before we get into the message today, and it's this, and i just got to be real honest with you that we are on such a winning streak right now, <laughs> and I've had so many good things going on that, man, my head has just been spinning like, what is going on? Everything good is happening right now. Well, we just sang about it. First of all, that the Lord is good, right? And no good thing in my life is because I've been that good or that smart. I, I know that. I'm fortunate. I, when I went to college, I said, hey, what is the most basic, simple, beginner level math class I can take and still get this piece of paper that you're going to give me in the end. They're like, you need to take a, ma- a class called Math Concepts, and that'll suffice. And I was like, give me that. I took the easiest class, and I mean, I passed, but I, well, you know, it's nothing to brag about. But, but, but I, I know that all the good things going on are not because uh, I'm that smart, and and I know it's not because all of us just have it together. It's because God's so good. And so uh, the, the other day. Uh, Nick came into the office and just, he, to share some good news with me that he had going on. And, and we're talking and I'm like, man, this happened. That happened. These people over here had this happen. This is going on. And we're just going on and on having a, basically a testimony service together about all the good things going on. And I said, man, it, it, it's October, but I feel like it's Rocktober, right? Because it's rocks, man. And so, uh, and so, you know, it all comes down to this, right? Maybe you've heard uh, the phrase that Jesus is what? The rock of ages. <laughs> and, uh, and it's the absolute truth. Jesus is the solid rock in our life. And if you were to want to look up how many Bible verses say that God is our rock, our refuge, our fortress and all that, you'd find a lot, especially in the book of Psalms, because he is our rock. He is our immovable, stable thing that we have to cling to. And so we're going to take the next couple of weeks to really focus in and look at the rock of ages, Jesus Christ. And as we talk about him, you know, hey, you need to know that Jesus is without a doubt the most controversial person in the history of the world. And you think, well, no, I I, I just love him. Well, you need to know that Jesus is loved by millions and billions and Jesus is hated by a whole lot of people also there's some haters out there and they are real and you may think that you, you have some haters in your life you don't know hate until you know what Jesus uh, looks at and, and feels all right and so some people we know this uh, they refuse to believe that he ever even existed you know I was reading an article uh, from some atheist and uh, and he was talking about his his big argument for disproving the existence of Jesus was that no other historical document other than the Bible even writes about Jesus and so if that's the only source of proof he couldn't be real and I was reading that I'm like Hold on, homie. Well, hold, pump the brakes on that for a minute, because that's a very uneducated and ignorant thing to say. There are lots of other writers from that era, uh, the Greek and Jewish and others, that wrote and documented Jesus and his works. And the thing is, they weren't even his followers. They had nothing to gain by writing about Jesus. There's lots of different writers and documents and and, and people that acknowledge the existence of Jesus. And, of course, we could go on and on about proving that Jesus is real. But the thing that I want to get to you today is this, is that I realize that Jesus is not just some guy from ancient history. Right? He's not just some guy that lived thousands of years ago. Jesus is very much alive today in 2022. Who knows that this morning, right? Yeah. He's not in my past. He's in my present and in my future because someday I'm going to actually see him face to face, and I'm going to really, really get to to be with him at that point. But we've all had encounters with Jesus in our own way, and he's touched each of our lives in some way, and Jesus is very, very much real. There's a quote that I often like to share, but somebody said, if our greatest need was education... God would have sent us an educator. And I believe in education, but that's not my greatest need in life. If the greatest need was entertainment, he would have sent an actor or a musician. But thank God he didn't do that. Anyway, uh, but, but listen, but our greatest need was forgiveness. So God sent us a savior. Amen. Who knows that God sent us a savior and his name is Jesus. Amen. Uh, he knows what we need. So I want to show you an opening verse this morning, Isaiah chapter 26. Can we go there? Isaiah 26, and we're talking about Jesus is our rock, and he's doing some great things right now in October. Amen. Amen. Who knows that Jesus is your rock? He is the best thing you've got going for you. So we're going to look at Isaiah chapter 26. And, man, I love the book of Isaiah, but I can't go off on that all day. So let's just look here at Isaiah chapter 26. And verse 4, but I just know, man, there has just been an excitement about the things that God is doing. And you may say, well, I've got nothing exciting going on. Hey, buckle up, bro. you got some good stuff coming. If you will call on the name of the Lord, and if you will believe, God wants to do some big things in your life too. So Isaiah 26, I want you to look here at verse 4. I love this. It says, trust in the Lord always. Why? For the Lord God is the eternal rock. The Lord God is the eternal rock. And so I want to get into the message today and kind of explain and look at a few things about Jesus being our rock. And he is the rock of ages. And you got to know that today, man, that he wants to do some super cool stuff in your life. If you'll believe and if you will trust in the Lord always. Amen. Let's pray real quick. And I want to dig into this outline here. Father, in Jesus name, we thank you, Lord, so much for each person here today. And I thank you that, hey, they've come to church expecting to hear from you. So I pray that as we open our Bibles, as we open the holy word of God, you're going to speak to us, Lord. You're going to show us some things we need to see. And we know that your word says in Romans ten seventeen that faith comes by hearing the word of God. And so as we hear God's word today, faith is coming into our hearts and we're going to see some miraculous, wonderful things in the days ahead. We praise you for it in Jesus name. Can everybody say amen? All right, let's go. Number one today is this. We're going to say three things. Number one, and you got to know that Jesus doesn't change. Jesus does not change And that is just about the best news that I've ever heard right there. Because we're so used to everything changing Constantly, we live in a society that I mean, if it's not changing, it, it's old. You know, you can think you got hey, I, I got the newest iPhone right here, man. It just came out last week. By next week, it's already outdated, and and the fourteen year olds are making fun of you for being a boomer or something like that. I don't know; they're they're calling you names. I don't even know what the names are that they call me anymore. But listen, you know, you are old. You are you are I mean, you are outdated, and and things are constantly changing. But here is a verse: Hebrews thirteen eight. Yeah, well, you could turn there, but you you need to know this one. You got to have this verse. You got to know this. Hebrews thirteen eight. Get it down. Get it memorized. Hebrews thirteen eight. I love it. What's it say? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the exact same that He's always been, and that's one of my absolute favorite things about jesus because i know this much as 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 much as we're all look you know used to change and and getting the newest thing and the update and and you got to reset it and you got to update it and you got to get the new one listen listen we're all looking for one thing that we can count on to not change we all need we need something some things really but we're all looking for something in our lives that we know you know what that same Jesus that helped me when I was a kid and my parents were going through it and my family was a mess, I called on Jesus as a little 8-year-old, a little 10-year-old, whatever it was, that same Jesus, he didn't change. He's the same when you're 20, when you're 30, when you're 40, when you're 50. He's the exact same Jesus. He didn't change. He didn't need an update. He didn't have to catch up with with, with, with the modern times. And, and I've always wondered this much. I asked myself this question, If Jesus changed, what would He change to anyway? Because He's already perfect. The only things that need to change and get updates are things that are not perfect. How could He improve Himself? How could He possibly get any better than what He is right now? He couldn't. When you've reached perfection, there's nowhere else to go. There's nothing to change to. And Jesus is perfect. I can't think of one thing that I could tell, Jesus, you're doing a real great job up there, but let me tell you, I've got some advice on how you could maybe do a little bit better in this area. Who could tell Jesus that? Nobody could. He already has it all together and He is perfect and i was thinking about the things that and are you know are again these phones they need updated constantly and i mean if you get a car and pay a bunch of money and you know you, you have a car that's 20 years old you're like wow that's a real long-lasting car that's really good you know you get a mattress that lasts five years you get i mean any of these things that you drop big money on yeah this has got a five-year warranty what if jesus only had a five-year guarantee Come on, wow. Yeah, I've been serving Jesus. He lasted me 10 solid years, and he did real good. It's time to move on. No, you'll never run into that. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I thank God for that this morning. Amen? Thank you, Jesus, that he does not need any updates. So he's the exact same that he was 2,000 years ago. You read a story in the Bible about Jesus healing people, he still does it. That reminds me of one of my favorite stories that 75% of you have heard, but I'll tell it again because I, I just it came to me. But when I was um, I don't know about eight years old, nine years old, uh, my mom thought it'd be a good idea to send us to the vacation Bible school at the little country church up the road. The nice little denominational church. It, it's a cute, beautiful little church. But my my mom sent me and my brothers and sister over there, and and hey, you got to know that. I've got a lot of things established in my heart, even at eight years old, about who Jesus is. Uh, because at that point, I'd been healed of cancer. I'd seen just miracle after miracle. And, and one thing that has been firmly established in my heart since three years old is that Jesus is the healer. And if he healed people back then... Why wouldn't he do it now? Because Jesus didn't change. And so she sends us to this vacation Bible school. And I remember uh, uh, my teacher, uh, she was a sweet lady. In fact, I think she, I'm pretty sure she was around like when uh, Noah did the ark and everything. I mean, she was, she, it was cool. It was cute. But, but she reads this story. In fact, it was this story about uh, the man that uh, was crippled and his friends cut a hole in the roof and lowered him down to Jesus. And she tells this exciting story about healing and all the little kids are like, oh, wow, that's so cool. And she's like, that's right. It is cool, kids. And then she slams her Bible shut. But Jesus, don't do that no more. And I was like, whoa, oh, oh no. And all these little kids, you could, just, you could just feel the faith get sucked out of the room like a vacuum. And I was like, ma'am. And I, you know, maybe this is disrespectful. I don't remember exactly what I said. But basically, I was like, you're wrong. Jesus Christ does still heal, and he healed me of cancer, and he does, and he will heal you today. And anyway, I mean, we we had a little theological back and forth between an 8-year-old and a 90-year-old, and I don't know what happened, but in the end, she didn't change my mind. I am certain that Jesus Christ still heals I am certain that Jesus Christ still delivers addicted people. I am certain that Jesus Christ can still mend a family back together that's been split up. He didn't change. And so if he did it back then, he will do it now. We can still call on the name of the Lord and use the name of Jesus to get us out of the worst mess that we could get ourselves in. I read a story about a young man in another country that he went to settle a debt that another man owed him, and uh, this the young man had done some work for this, uh, this other guy. The other guy was, you know, a little bit better off. And so uh, when he arrived to... To collect the debt, you know, he goes up and, and the gatekeeper's like, you know, what's your name? What do you want? And he's like, Well, my name's this, I'm here for this They're like, No, you ain't getting in. They roughed him up, toss him out on the street and he's like, Hey and so he's walking down the sidewalk all, oh, man. And, and lo and behold, the president of this nation, his motorcade is driving down the street. And, and he's like, hey, I want to I wanna talk to that young guy. He really looks down. And so he asked the young man, what's going on? Why are you all roughed up? Why are you all sad? And he's like, well, here's what happened. He's like, okay, I want you to go right back over there. Take this letter with you. He wrote a letter. He signed his name. He sealed it with his presidential seal. And so the young man goes back to the gatekeepers. This time he's not going timidly. He's like, Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I got something to show you guys. They read it. They're, oh, oh, yeah, come on in. He goes in to the man that owes him money and the man's like, Oh, okay. All right. You're, you're hearing this name. All right. Yeah. Here it is. Here's all the money. I, I don't want any trouble. You just go on. And so he got. What was coming to him? Now, it may sound like kind of a, you know, little silly little story, but all I'm telling you is this, is why did he get something the second time around? Well, the reason was he came the second time in a name that was higher and more powerful than what he came in the first time, right? And so sometimes we've been trying to get stuff done. You've been told your whole life, if you put your mind to anything, you can do it. And that's cute and that's wonderful, but it's a lie. You can't. <laughs> I put my mind to joining the NBA, and there's no scouts knocking, right? I mean, I put my mind, I put my time, I put everything into it, and nothing happened, all right? And so, yeah, that's a that's just, that's just a load of uh, whatever. You know, it's, that's not true. And, and And so I know this much, though. That when I use the name of Jesus, when I come in his name to claim something that his word says rightfully belongs to me, it's going to happen because I'm not relying on the power of my name. I'm relying on the power of Jesus' name. And he is the name above all names. Somebody ought to say amen today. And so we preached last Sunday night. If you weren't here, you could see it online. But the, we're talking about payback. And we were talking about getting back what the enemy has stolen from you. And some of you, the enemy has stolen some stuff from you and you gave up on it. But I'm telling you right now that if you will go in the name of Jesus, come knocking in the name of Jesus, some big stuff is going to happen in your life because you may be a nobody, but he is the rock of ages. He's the great I am. He is the eternal rock. And the devil knows it. Even if you don't, the devil knows it. And he has to bow down and flee at the name of Jesus. Amen. And so It's really good news that Jesus doesn't change because if he does, I'm in a whole lot of trouble because I've staked my entire life on the fact that Jesus doesn't change. Now, the second thing we're going to say today is this, is that Jesus doesn't change, but seasons do. And I'm here to tell you, this is your season right now. If you'll believe it and you'll receive it, some of you will, some of you won't, but I'm telling you right now that Jesus doesn't change, but seasons do, and this is your season. Who's ready for this to be their season? Who's ready to start picking up some wins in life? Man, I'm ready. I'm seeing it too. I am ready for this. Now, we're not going there, but the book of Ecclesiastes, if you read chapter three, it tells us. That God operates in seasons. It tells us that to everything, there's a season. There's a time to plant, a time to harvest. And, and it tells us all this stuff. But we know this much. Even biblically speaking, God operates in seasons. Now, you can see it on planet Earth. And like I said earlier, we're, here we are in fall time. It's within my top two favorite times of year. And it's a wonderful time. But God also operates in seasons spiritually you get that that there's natural seasons right we've got uh fall winter spring summer right we got those seasons or in the desert we've got wind cold extreme heat right you know hey those are good i love it i love it not complaining love it but there's seasons in the natural but you need to realize that there are spiritual seasons also and you know some seasons are the time to plant and water and just stick with it. Have you noticed that? Maybe there's some things that you've planted the seed of God's word and you've been speaking faith over it. What are you doing? You planted the seed, you've been watering it, and sometimes you just got to be patient, stick with it, water it, and not give up. Don't dig it up. You know, my older brothers are farmers in Indiana, and uh, and, and so they know a lot about seasons, and during, you know, I'll go out there and visit them. And some of the seasons, it seems like nothing exciting's happening. You're like, man, what a boring job this must be. And you know, throughout a lot of the summer, they're just maintaining the farm, working on equipment. They do the same thing in the uh, the, the the winter also. It seems like, man, there's just nothing going on. And maybe in your life, you've maybe just been in a season of, man, it seems like nothing's going on. You've just been doing maintenance for a little bit, kind of like the farmers do, but. I know this much that there's a season on the calendar that we call fall and on the farmer's calendar, he doesn't call it fall. He calls it harvest season. And you know, my brothers, they've got that circled on their calendars because when it's harvest season, that's when The money comes in for them. It all comes down. Everything they do all year long comes down to harvest season. Now, harvest doesn't mean they just get to sit there and, and it just all magically comes in. That's the hardest work of the whole year. They're out there from, I mean, sometimes 20 hours a day getting it all in before it spoils and it's no good anymore. It is the hardest work, but it's the most rewarding work. And when harvest time comes, it changes everything. And so some of you, you've been planting, you've been maintaining, you've been coming to church, you've been reading the Bible, you've been praying, you've been doing all the right things, and you're like, okay, I'm doing it. Yeah, this is cool. I'm not really seeing it yet. But I'm telling you, when harvest season comes, you better look out. It is getting ready to change your life. It's a real thing in our lives. And so I was thinking about all this, and, and do you realize how many major events have all just coincidentally fallen into October this year you 're staring at me so you don 't let me tell you okay let me just <laughs> you, you don 't get it some of you do but but i 'm talking about for our, our specifically our church and and in a lot of your lives, so many major things have fallen. Coincidentally, and, and it's not coincidentally, it's by the hand of God, into the month of October this year. One big thing for our church, okay, may not mean much to anybody else, but our church, our transition service was last week, okay, so that fell on, what, October 2nd. Now, I've been pushing that off for years, okay? just get, <laughs> Let's be transparent here. My dad's been trying to get, get me into that senior pastor role for years. I'm like, Dad, I'm good, okay? All right, I'm good, you know? I, I'll I'll show up and preach. I'll, you know, it's good. I, uh, I love the people, uh, but I'm not in any rush to, you know, push you out of the way and me do my... And he's like, no, we need to do it, David. We need to do it. He calls me David. David, we need to do it. And so, anyway, finally, like, okay, let's do it, all right? This is the year. Let's do it. So we put a date on the calendar, just... Coincidentally, happened to be October 2nd of this year, uh, or maybe that was yeah October 2nd. And so another big thing uh, for our community and our city was last weekend, October, the city's big announcement that we're getting ready to explode in growth and prosperity, and this whole place is getting ready to be something different than what anybody ever thought. And so everybody that's been, oh, not Barstow. Barstow stays. Barstow's bad. You know what we're going to do? Uh, Well, me, I I can't speak for you. I'm going to laugh and say, ha, I told you it was going to happen. Amen. (laughs) Told you. But anyway, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, Another random thing, uh, in the beginning of the year, us pastors get together and pick a date to pray the city council. I'm like, "Um, I'll take the first one of October because, you know, uh, I like October. And so, to be honest, I'm going to be in a good mood because, you know, pumpkin spice lattes are already out. I've got those candles going. Don't laugh. And so, uh, you know, it's a good time of year. You know, pumpkins everywhere. It just makes me in a really great mood. And so I picked that, and it just so happens to be the very first meeting after the big announcement. And so I'm like, wow, there's just a lot of things starting to line up. And then I find out, hey, we're paying off a $158,000 mortgage with one single check here in the month of October. What are the chances of all this? All in October, or as I affectionately call it, Rocktober, am I right? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, another wonderful thing is uh, Harvest Fest is coming up, right? Thousands of people right here hearing about Jesus. Another great one is we're going to have the newest and best bathrooms in all of Barstow in three weeks. So if you're new today, I'll just catch you up. It's not that we enjoy using porta-potties. We had a flood a couple months ago. And so uh, it's not that we enjoy having all the, you know, we are under construction at the moment. But within the next three weeks, the bathrooms are going to be completed, brand new, everything. They're going to be super, super nice. And if you think, well, that's not a big deal. Well, you realize that statistically speaking, uh, within the U.S., one of the top ten reasons somebody picks a church and sticks with it is the quality of the bathrooms. And I don't know why that is. I'm serious. You can look it up. It's the truth. I have no idea why, but that's really high on people's list is to have nice bathrooms at your church. And so, hey, God made a way, and I didn't see that one coming, but praise the Lord. <laughs> and it just so happens it's falling in the month of October. all right? And so another big thing is this, is person after person After person in this congregation within just the last little short period is getting massive promotions, raises, new jobs, benefits, moving up. I mean, I cannot tell you how many people over the last little bit are getting brand new jobs, getting big promotions thing after thing, some of them to very prominent positions in our community. And I'm like, how is all this happening right now? Jesus ordained this for such a time as this. And so I want you to say this with me today. Say, this is my season. That was cute, but highly unbelievable. Now I want you to say it like you actually mean it. Say, this is my season. (laughs) This is my season. Yeah, come on, somebody. It is your season. There's things that you've been waiting for, and I believe if you will release your faith right now, you're going to see some great things happen in this season right now. But you have got to release your faith. I want to show you something here, Isaiah chapter 43. Are you still with us today? Isaiah chapter 43, yeah. And we're going to look at verses 19 and 20 in the New King James Isaiah 43, verses 19 and 20. Now, check this out. In fact, tonight I'm going to be preaching on these uh, these two verses right here for the whole message. So uh, we'll get a little more expounded on this tonight. But right now, Isaiah 43, and we're going to look at verses 19 through 20 here in the New King James. And this is awesome. It says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Well, I thought Jesus doesn't change Jesus doesn't change, but sometimes in your life, he's gonna do a new thing for you. And some of us, we need a new thing because our old thing wasn't working. Anybody, man, was your old thing broken? You need a new one? Yeah, all right. He's doing a new thing for you. And so he says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness, and here it is rivers in the desert. Amen. Rivers in the desert, the beasts of the field will honor me, the jackals and ostriches, because I give water in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. Amen. And so make no mistake about it. Jesus is doing a new thing right now in our church, in our community. And if you'll let him, he'll do a new thing in your life. He said that he would make rivers in the desert. Rivers in the desert. What's so special about a river? Well, you live in the desert, so I'm assuming you know what's so special about a river. A river means life. Every living thing needs water. And so when he says, I'm doing a river in the desert, that means life. It means prosperity. It means something fresh. Something new in your life. Well, why is he doing all this? Well, verse 20 just told us, to give drink to my people, my chosen. Is there anybody in here today that you're a person of God? You're part of the people of God? We should see more hands than that, but okay. you know I'm giving the altar call at the end, so you'll get it. But let's try that one more time. Are you a a child of God? You're a person of God today? You are. Amen. All right. Praise God. That's good. That's good. And so... This is for you, a river in your desert, a drink for you from God. So sometimes maybe we feel like, well, I've tried all that and it it didn't work. Well, maybe you tried something and it just wasn't the right season for you. Man, you try to go out and, and harvest in the winter. Well, no, it's not harvest time, right? And so maybe you tried something and it just wasn't the right season. But I can promise you this, that some of you, there will be things that didn't work before. They're gonna work now because it's your season. And I'm telling you that this morning. There's some things like, well, I tried that and I failed and it didn't work. There's some of you, there's some things that you tried before and it didn't work. But it will work now because now it's the right season. You were just, you were just a step ahead. It just wasn't the right timing on it. And I'm telling you that this morning. I want to show you Luke chapter 5. Go to Luke chapter 5. Amen. Amen, man. I am just excited about all that the Lord is doing. I'm looking right here at at this church property. I'm like, man, 13 acres of paid off land. That is exciting to me. Thirteen acres, dude. What can we do for God with thirteen paid-off acres, man? I just I look out there and I don't see dirt and rocks. I look out there, I see grass and trees and a playground and kids running and and people just just, just having a great time, calling this whole place home, man. I'm excited. God's gonna use this place and we get to be a part of it. That is phenomenal, man. Phenomenal. Luke chapter 5, we're going to look here at at verses uh, 4 through 7. So it says, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it's deeper and let your nets down to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. And some of you are saying, man, I worked hard at it and it didn't work. I didn't catch one thing the last time I did it. But he says, but if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. So what would he do? He obeyed Jesus. And this time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. Now, I read that story, I'm like, that does not make any sense at all. That is a weird and strange, that doesn't make any sense at all. It's the same people, same boat, same water. And you know, I'm not as great of a fisherman as some of you guys are. You know, I've done some, and my son Isaac's actually really good at fishing. And I know this much, that if I've been in a boat, and I throw the line on this, I don't catch any fish. If I step two feet over here and throw it, it doesn't seriously improve my chances that much. And so, here we have, they tried it all night long and didn't catch a single thing. But when Jesus says, no, 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 that was before, I'm telling you, do it again. When Jesus says, do it again, what do you do? You do it again. And so when they did it this time, it was their season. It was God's timing. They were so blessed. They didn't have enough room to keep it all to themselves. They had to call in backup. They needed more people, more boats, more nets, more everything, and it still wasn't enough because when God says it's harvest time, when God says it's your season, it's your time, it's your time. You gotta be ready. You have to be ready for what God wants to do in your life. And so, I see the exact same thing for our church more families, more helpers, more people, more buildings on this place to get all the families and people and children that God wants us to reach. And in your life, are you prepared for more harvest? Are you prepared for more blessing from God? Because sometimes people are like, yeah, man, I want more. Well, okay, what would you do if he gave it to you? You don't even know. You don't have a game plan. You have no idea. If God dumped more finances, more, uh, uh, you know, more uh, influence into your life. You know, that's a big thing. God give you influence. What what would you do with it? You If you don't even know, then why is he just going to dump a bunch of blessing on you when you don't even know what to do with what you have now? To whom much is given, much is required. And a lot of us are like, oh, man, I would love it if I just, man, won the lottery. Woo, that'd be great. Probably be a curse in your life. And you would have more problems than you know what to do with. If you can't handle the, you know, the, the $2,000 a month now, you really think that you're going to just be some financial wizard with millions of dollars? Come on. Man, I, <laughs> I wish I had 10,000 followers on the Internet. Woo! What would I do with it? You really want that? No, you don't. You don't want that. Listen to me right now. You need to get a game plan together for what you would do if God did bring more finances into your life. What you would do if he did bring more influence or or more people or more whatever it is that you would like more of. That's a good holy thing. Whatever that is, you need to know what you would do with it. Because when God were to give it to you, you, you—I mean, we would squander it. We would have no idea what to do with it. You need a game plan. I don't want to do that. It's called being an adult. <laughs> alright man, alright, All right. let's move on. This isn't a popular word. But I'm telling you right now, you need to know what you would do if God were to pour some extra into your life. You gotta be a good steward. And that's the, what I want to say today. Number three is this. We're talking about Jesus, the rock of ages, the great I am. Jesus wants you to speak words of faith. And I, you may not, I'm telling you, you you've gotta know this. That Jesus wants you to speak words of faith over your life. Who believes that speaking the word in your life works? Well, you're too late to tell me that it doesn't. Because I've seen so many incredible things simply from speaking God's word. In 2020, actually the end of 2019, the Lord showed me that our goal as a church for 2020 was to bless Barstow. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? Well, one of the things that it meant was uh, we came up with, it was the most planned out, honestly, that was going to be the most planned out year we have ever had. I had so many things in writing. I had so many things on the calendar, which if you know me is super hard to do. And so, I mean, we uh, we had it planned so beautifully, And then the pandemic hit, and nothing happened. We had to cancel so many of these big events and stuff like that. But one of the things that we were to do to bless Barstow was to begin speaking words of faith over this community every single service. And that was a big part of the game plan. And someone would be like, that's your game plan? I even preached this exact thing back then. But people are like, that's your game plan? Is to just say positive faith-filled things over Barstow? Shouldn't you be out, you know, handing out paper sacks to the homeless and passing out water bottles? And I'm like, that's good. I believe in that. And I've done that a lot of times. But that's not what God told us to do. He told us, speak faith over that city. Why is that? Well, because I know this much. Really, nobody else is. Er Nearly everybody is just saying mean, nasty, stupid things about our community. And it ticks me off. I hate it and that's awful, and shame on you if you do that, all right? But listen to me. People, time and time again, and so God's speaking to me, no, I want you to speak faith over that community, and I want you to do it every single service. And why is that? Well, we're the only word of faith church that I know of anywhere near here. And what is, well, what's that mean? It means, what's, what really, what does that mean? It means that we get God's word in our heart, and we speak it, out of our mouth, and we believe that we shall have whatsoever we sayeth. Well, I need to see that. It's Mark eleven twenty four, 24, which I'm going to show you in just a minute. But it's Bible. When you get God's word in your heart and speak it out of your mouth, I've seen it drive leukemia right out of my blood veins, and I was healed. I've seen it drive cancer out. I've seen it bring marriages together. I've seen it, I mean, uh, so many things that speaking the word of God has absolutely worked Time and time again. And so I'm just telling you right now that speaking God's word absolutely works. Let me show you our theme verse of two thousand twenty, Proverbs eleven eleven. Look at this. Who remembers this? Anybody remember this? Some of you were here way back then. Proverbs eleven eleven and the message Bible. Check this out. Proverbs eleven eleven. And yes, I tease about the message Bible a lot. <laughs> Anyway, this is really great. This <laughs> Proverbs eleven eleven, and what a verse right here, man! And so, this I believe, at least for our church, was a game changer. It says, "When right living people bless the city, well, what is blessed it means to speak well of. When right living people bless the city, it flourishes. Evil talk turns it into a ghost town in no time." Evil talk will turn a city into a ghost town in no time. But when right living people bless it, it flourishes. So fast forward to 2022 where we're at right now. We've been speaking a faith confession over our community for almost three years. And it's not so funny anymore because it's actually working. Do you see this? Do you see it today? That it's actually working our barstow faith confession is paying off and i can tell you this much while the rest of the country is headed for recession all right and that's just not even a that's just a factual statement the 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 united states is in two consecutive quarters of financial loss by every technical term the nation is in a recession The rest of the nation is looking at recession and layoffs and inflation and everything else. But this small town that everybody's laughed at, but a certain group of people just kept speaking faith over, this small town is not only not looking at recession and doom and gloom, but looking at the biggest explosion of prosperity and growth that they've ever seen before. You can't tell me that speaking words of faith doesn't work. Well, why is all this? you got to trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. I want to show you one final passage today. Mark 11, 22 to 24. You better know this. In fact, it's up there on the back wall there. So that's how important we take these verses right here. Mark eleven twenty-two to 24. Amen. You've got to know this. Who's excited about everything that God is doing in our midst, man? Oh, the Lord is good. Mark 11, going to look at verses 22 through 24 in the King James. Oh, yeah. Check it out. And Jesus answering, saith unto them, have faith in God. Who thinks that you ought to have faith in God? I mean, that's not that deep. You could just, if you just got that one verse down for your whole life, that'd be enough to push you forward to victory. Have faith in God. Just trust Him. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Come on! And somebody said, well, he was talking to the disciples there. That doesn't apply to you. What? He said, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed. I identify as whosoever. That means me. Whosoever means it'll work for anybody. And somebody said, well, no, that was, well, how about uh, John 3.16? The word whosoever is in there, and we apply that to everybody. Yeah, well, you know, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes on Him should not perish. If whosoever applies to every human in John 3.16, why doesn't it apply to every human in Mark 11.23? It does. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed," be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire. No, 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 no. God does not want you to just have the things you desire. He wants to give you only your needs, only your basic needs. God does not care about your desires. Shut up. Shut up. That's a lie. That's not the Bible. He said, those things ye desire. Not, he'll give you just your bare basic necessities. He'll barely put a roof over your head. Barely make, now your kids will have what they need, but the Christian kids have to be the poorest ones at the school. All the gangsters and gangbangers and drug dealers—they're—they're—they're they're, they're the kids that should have the nice new shoes. Those are the kids that should have the the nice new stuff. But it, but all the Christian kids should—you know—we want them to be fed, but they should have the worst. What is up with? I never got that. Well, no, it's a blessing to be poor. Baloney. I've been poor and I've been not poor, and I prefer not poor. Right. Who in the world, what kind of father would say, no, it's my will. No, 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 no. My will for my children is that they have to beg and borrow and barely scrape by and not know where their next meal's coming from. If that is how you treat your kids, I don't mean to, you know, sound mean, but you're a terrible parent. If your will is that your kids have to wonder if they're even loved, have to wonder if, man, I, I don't know if, Dad, if it's dad's will. Maybe we could get enough food for tomorrow. If it be thy will, father, could we have shoes for school, father? No, 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 no. It is the father's good will to bless you and, 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 and for you to have good enough things in life. No, I'm not stupid. I, I'm not saying everybody needs a private jet and needs to be a billionaire and own a private island. That's stupid. You don't need that. You wouldn't know what to do with it. But listen, it is God's will That his children prosper and have everything they need. I need scripture on that. Man, 3rd John 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. Write it down. 3rd John 2. You gotta know that, that it's God's will for his children to prosper. He doesn't want you to barely get along in life. He wants you to be able to have more than enough to take care of your needs, and so I lost my spot. But I was in Mark eleven twenty four. Sorry. Therefore, I say unto you, What soever ye desire, when you pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. That sounds like a definite promise from God. Well, I've, 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 I've spoken, and nothing happened. Well, you got to believe that you receive, and then ye shall have them. Now sometimes it takes a minute, sometimes it doesn't happen instantly, but I know this much, whenever I've applied God's word to my life and stuck with it, it has worked 100% of the time in my life. And so, one final story, can I tell one more story? I know, it's like, eh, it's gonna, you know, everyone's like, man, KFC, I'm gonna be last in line. No, you'll get there, you'll get there. But listen, oh, spaghetti, spaghetti, alright, I can't tell my normal jokes today. Alright, yeah. There's plenty of spaghetti for you, so go back there and get some. But early 2021, you know, we've really wanted to get rid of this mortgage, all right? I mean, we just want it out of here. I don't like that. Mortgage, you know, what does mort mean? Well, mort, you know, the root word is death, right? Mort, death, mortuary, death. Gage, what is that? It's a grip. So what is your mortgage? It's a death grip. You know, it's like, get it off of me, all right? So, you know, I'm like, I want it out of here. I don't want the church to have a mortgage anymore. And it seemed like such a big thing. So early 2021, we start looking at, well, okay, here's what we'll do. We'll refinance it to a much lower rate because rates back then were, you know, way back in 2021 were low. Anyway, so they were low and, and we're like, we could come up with like a, a, you know, a five to 10 year payoff plan and we could raise money. We could do spaghetti dinners and garage sales and we could, you know, do all this stuff and we could, we could pay off the mortgage if we come up with a game plan. And so we go to this Christian. Uh, Christian bank, Christian. And, uh, and so we're moving. They're like, oh man, you guys, your equity is insane. Yeah. Your equity is through the roof. This is great. You've got this coming in. Your church is growing at this percentage. They're like, oh yeah. All right. So they're moving us through the process of refinancing our mortgage with this Christian company. And we're getting to the final stages of it. And they call up one day and they're like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. Hold on. We need to talk real quick. We, we, we looked at your website and it says under your, your, uh, your statement, your beliefs that you believe that it's, it's God's will for everybody to receive healing and for all of God's children to prosper. You actually said that on your website and I'm like, yeah, guilty, I believe that because it's the Bible, so yeah. <laughs> If, you're, if those are the charges, guilty, I believe that God wants you healed, and I believe that God does want you to prosper. I know he doesn't want you sick. I mean, if you believe that, then hang, hang on to your sickness. But I had leukemia, and I hated it, so praise the Lord. I received healing in the name of Jesus. I don't like it. Sickness is not fun. And so God wants his people blessed and he wants you healed and so they said we looked at your website it says this um, we don't agree with that uh, we're going to give you kind of a chance to do you want Do you want to reword that and maybe redo it and I'm like no no I stand by that statement it's the word of God and so what did they do alright denied cancelled we're not going to finance it sorry have a nice day and I'm like okay well I was a little bummed to be honest because I was like well hey what are we going to do We're going to do what we always do, Pinky. We're going to try to take over the world. What are you talking about? All right, the 90s children, the 90s kids got that. All right, thank you. All right, so, so we're, okay, well, what are we going to do? We're just going to speak words of faith, man. That's what we're going to do. And so, long story short, fast forward to 2022. Long story short, I'm not even going to tell the rest of it, but here we go. We're paying off this thing, cash, and we didn't need to refinance it at all. We didn't need their help in the end anyway. Why? Why? Because faith works. Speak faith over your life. Quit calling yourself stupid. Quit calling yourself poor. Quit calling yourself sick. Quit calling yourself a loser. Quit making fun of your family, your town, your neighborhood. Knock it off and start speaking some faith over your life. That's crazy. It's not crazy when you write a check for one hundred and fifty eight thousand dollars that you had no way of getting. It's Jesus. It's not crazy when some company puts a one point five billion dollar thing in your little town that was dying off. It ain't crazy when it works. And so in your life. Well, I don't like where I'm at right now. Well, if you don't like where you're at, start speaking faith-filled Bible words over your life and make something else happen in the name of Jesus. Amen? Quit playing around. This is harvest time. It's Rocktober. Come on. This is your season. And if you will call on the name of the Lord, I believe that he's doing something special in our lives right now in this season. But it's only for those that will call on the Lord and release their faith. What did that verse we opened up with say? The Lord is the eternal rock, man. You have got to trust Him today, He is everything you need. Can we get an amen? amen? All right, let's stand up together. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord today. All right, now this may sound silly, all right? and I, But I want you to speak something with me. Can you do that today? I'll do it if it's easy. Come on, man. Speak with me today. I want you to say, it's Rocktober. <laughs> it's harvest time. <laughs> I'm going to get mine. Come on, say it again. It's Rocktober. It's harvest time. I'm going to get mine. Amen. One more time. It's Rocktober. It's harvest time. I'm going to get mine. In the name of Jesus. Now give Him some praise today. Yeah. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. And when we say stuff like that, you may think like, well, that sounds greedy. No, for the child of God, that's not greedy. Because when you get yours, when you get your harvest, you're not going to be stupid with it and and use it on bad things. God wants his children to be blessed because you'll do the right thing with it. Amen. You'll do you'll help people. You'll 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 do good things with it. And so there's nothing greedy about that at all. Amen. Well, I'm going to have my prayer team come on up today. You may be thinking, well, I'm starting to smell that spaghetti. Well, all right, well, we're going to get over there. There's still going to be some. But I want you to, if you need prayer today, we want to make that available to you. And, uh, and and maybe you're here and you're like, well, I don't really have any needs going on right now. That's fine. Just take a minute to worship God. Why don't you give God thanks for just a few minutes? Amen. But if you do need something, man, if you're like, I've, I've been fighting the fight of faith. I need some help. Come on up this morning. And we would love to pray with you. But the biggest thing is this. If you don't really have that relationship with the Lord like you need yet, maybe you did at one point and you kind of let go and walked away. Hey, we're not here to judge you or to point fingers at you. We're here to say, let's fix that right now. Because God wants to do something incredible in your life. But you got to have him in your life for that to happen. Amen. And so if uh, if you're not where you need to be with the Lord right now, Come on up with any one of us we will pray with you and do everything we can to get you on the right track amen let's go ahead and uh, worship God for just a few minutes today. Amen. Your
2: goodness is running after It's running after me your goodness is running after It's running after me with my life foot down surrendered now you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is. Your oh, goodness is coming out, is coming out to me. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so. so. Every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God.
0: Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to go ahead and uh, start to wind things down. We'll be reverend of the ministry up here. As you can tell, Pastor Katie is the most popular of the group. So <laughs> praise the Lord. We're going to go ahead and and pray, but we trust that everybody's been blessed from God's word today. And, you know, I believe this with all my heart. That's why I'm speaking this. That's why I'm praying this, that God wants to do something real big for you right now. But it totally depends on your faith. You know, so many times Jesus healed someone or they said, hey, Jesus, I need healing. He'd say, according to your faith, be it done unto you. And so that's what he's saying to you right now. God's doing some great stuff. According to your faith be it done unto you. Amen. Well, we're going to pray and then we will uh, speak our Barstow Faith Confession because I'm pretty sure that's working. And then we're going to let you go on. If you order spaghetti, you can go over there and grab that. But tonight we're going to be preaching out of Isaiah 43 on rivers in the desert. And that's a big thing once we dig a little bit deeper into that. Amen. So let's go ahead and pray and then we will do our Barstow faith confession. Amen. Can we raise our hands together? The book of Psalms talks to us about raising our hands in prayer. And uh, the apostle Paul said that men everywhere ought to raise their hands and Holy Prayer, Father in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, so much for what we have seen in your word today, and Lord, we know that you are doing a new thing right now. this is our season, and Lord, we joke a little bit about October, but hey, we know that this is harvest season for those that will claim it, for those that will have the faith to step into that and so Lord, I speak blessing on every family here, on every mom, every dad, every grandma, grandpa, every child. We thank you, Lord, that we are blessed in the city, blessed in the field. We're blessed everywhere we go. And it's not because we're so good. It's because Jesus is so good. He is the rock of ages. We love you, Lord. Use us this week for your glory. In Jesus' name, can everybody say amen? Amen. All right, let's speak these words of faith together. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Grab some spaghetti and we'll see you tonight. And grab a Christmas box on your way out. Amen.